What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. And hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show for today's podcast episode. We're actually going to be doing something a little bit different. We're going to be doing our different shows and what got us into uh, basically how it actually evolutionalized how we actually view uh, TV shows compared to what we had back in the 90s. With me, I have my good friend Tamika, my other friend. Charlie is on mute. Yeah. I am. I've been taking them off of mute. Uh oh, like you froze. Let's see. Okay. So, like I said, we're gonna be talking about how we evolutionalized uh, TV shows and stuff like that, and how we used to watch them back in the '90s compared to now. Uh, to me, The Sopranos has always been one of my favorite shows. It's evolutionalized the way that we watch television. It was actually the first TV series, if you think about it, that had this theatrical kind of feel to it where you actually have like a 90-minute show without commercial interruptions or anything like that when it comes down to HBO and things like that they were doing. And David Chase was actually the lead into that whole entire thing. And it was just crazy. It was a crazy time because nobody would have actually thought that this would actually work. A 90-minute show, no commercial interruptions. Even the cast didn't even know what they had at that time or anything like that either, which is the crazy thing because they even said it. They said, look, we don't know what we have or anything like that. We don't know how big this was going to be until they got into the second season when people were asking about where's Pussy at, which is Tony's friend. <laughs> Tony's friend is actually named Pussy. I'm not actually yeah. saying Pussy Pussy, but yeah. Oh boy. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so that was like that came up huge thing, right? Because everybody's wondering where this guy is. So next thing you know, there was actually where's Pussy T-shirts, where's he at, and stuff <laughs> like that. The Sopranos came became this big huge thing in the nine in 1999. Nobody thought that they would actually go this far, and now here they are in the uh, in 99 1999. Doing the Sopranos. This show is a big hit. It's a big thing for me. Whenever you look at TV shows and the way that we actually used to view TV shows in the 90s, 
Because in the 90s, we didn't really get a lot of smart television. You got cheesy lines, cheesy dialogue, like I mentioned, mm -hmm. and bad writing. What do you think, though, as far as the writing goes with the 90s and things like that? Yeah, I guess it matches the 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 um, time we were in. Like, everything was kind of cheesy. Um, to piggyback off you with the Sopranos, um, I'm just now watching it, but you can see how dated it was, um, just like the flashy jury and everything else. And from what I remember, when it when the Sopranos was on air, everyone was talking about how much of a phenomenon it was because it it showed like gangsters in a different light. Mm -hmm. Like got Tony, and you know he's killing people, but also he's in therapy and he's right. taking medication. So you can look at like I guess mental health if you want to put that into it. You can incorporate that into it as well since he's taking medicine. This um, is true. And then it incorporates all the old, well not old, but like the previous actors and actresses from other gangster movies. Like the therapist, I forgot her name, but she was in Goodfellas. Yep, she was in Goodfellas. She played yeah. uh she played the wife of one of the Goodfellas of, the, of Henry Hill. Yeah. Yeah. Ray, Ray so, Loretta's character. I think this I think the Sopranos showed uh just the the normalcy of um a, a gangster, gangster boss. <laughs> you know. Exactly. He is in school, my kids acting up. I whacked this person. Then, <laughs> then it's like my girl got to go to college. And then it's like this, that. So you got the stereotypes, but also it turns it on his head. Definitely. Because it goes into the normal life of the mob coming yeah. home from his wife, acting like a normal husband. Mm -hmm. And then try, and then also, too, you're dealing with normal everyday stuff that normal families uh, deal with when it yep. comes down to family stuff. You have the kids, like you mentioned, acting up, the teenagers acting up. Then you mm -hmm. also have another thing, too. You actually have in the first season, you have Tony's mother and mm -hmm. everything, too, who is very manipulative, manipulative mm -hmm. and everything. is actually a splitter and everything, too. She was diagnosed as a splitter, where she was basically splitting up her family oh, wow. and stuff like that, too. And things like that. I have to show you the exact term for splitter, but okay. that's exactly what they diagnosed her with later on in the season whenever Tony's actually talking about his mother to uh, Melfi. But yeah, this is actually the first time you have, we actually get to see a gangster go to therapy and everything. But later on in the season, you wind up finding out that he's actually going in there for strategy mm. rather than going in for healing and self-help. Mm. And everything too. So basically everything that she's teaching him and helping him with is actually helping him to become a better gangster. Wow. And she doesn't realize what she's doing until like later on mm -hmm. in the series and everything. But the writing is very good. It's like, it was ahead of its time. Yeah. It turned the heel of everything that we knew as far as TV goes mm -hmm. on its head. Yeah. Because like I said, the cast didn't even think that, hey, we have something here that's bigger than what, what we think we have. And everything too. So that's another thing I really appreciated whenever you look at the Soprano stuff is the writing, the creativity of uh, David Chase, not only the creativity of David Chase, but also too the music choices that he would actually bring into the show for foreshadowing. Everything was there for a reason when you look at the show as a whole. 
and the writers they brought down on that show is just fantastic. Even uh, Steve Buscemi directed a couple episodes from The Sopranos. Oh, wow. And then the actor who played Christopher Maltisanti wrote for the, a couple episodes for The Sopranos. Mm. So you have an actor, you have, they gave them work, which is actually really cool that, you know, normally they say, okay, you're an actor, stick to what you know. Mm-hmm. and everything. You don't need to be doing no writing. We have writers for that. But no, they David Chase gives them a chance to expand on things that they never would have thought they would actually get a chance to expand on. That's cool. That's really cool. It, it really is, if you think about it, because you don't really hear about showrunners, show people who are actually in charge of something, getting create, credibility to other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I found that very interesting. Yeah. Um. So, what about you, though? What, what, for you? What show changed the way that you watch TV? Oh, that's a a huge question. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I want to know. Oh. I want to know because there's also going to be another show that I'm going to get into a little bit later. Yeah. And everything because if it was for the Sopranos, the show would not have been around. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get to that in a, minute, uh, in a few minutes. But okay. Go ahead. Um, I I guess I could go with Star Trek, um, next gen for me. Um, I I'm a half Trekkie. Okay, I admit it. I'm half Trekkie, but I'm not full Trek. <laughs> but Star Trek next gen, and I was talking to my sister about it. It's amazing how the technology in Star Trek next gen, like how like you have the, the doors closing and opening and, and the all the communication devices and everything they touched on is what we have today. And you I guess you can incorporate the original Star Trek too as a precursor, but you know, for its time in like the eighties or nineties, I would say that was probably revolutionary to just have all of that. And then even today, like like your question, I would incorporate it as a cultural phenomenon. Mm. Even today, you know, we see the Facebook memes and everything else with Picard, you know, putting his hands in his head and all the super Trekkie fans, they like to drink, um, was it Earl Grey tea? Because yeah. he always drinks it. And you got all these quotes and then there's data and, you know, just even people that don't like Star Trek, they know basically about all the characters and especially Whoopi. Like even today, like, cause I watched a view and even every so often somebody would geek out and be like, Oh, Whoopi, you were on Star Trek. And she'd be like, yeah, so, and <laughs> I was. You I know, used to have her action figure, to be honest with you. See, see what I'm talking about? <laughs> so, I, I would say that changed the world, you know. But that's right. just me. But this another is, thing, this is own lane, I would say. I, I could definitely see it being evolutionizing, to be honest yeah. with you, when you, when you look at Star Trek, especially. Look at all the cons, though. Look at all the stuff that they actually have for Star Wars, to be honest with you. Get this, even the Sopranos has a con. Really? Yeah, they actually have a con. Yeah. I didn't know that. Of that, John? Huh? When you trust me, to I'm gonna find out where they're having it at, and I'm gonna be there. To be honest with you, you better be there and report that. <laughs> because I found out found that out through the Facebook group that I'm a part of for the Sopranos. 
But yeah, they actually have a con. But it's actually crazy to think of all the conventions that they have for Star Trek and the fans and the community within the Star Trek community and everything. And they don't care about genders. They don't care about anything. They accept you for who you are, which is one of the beautiful things about that um, about that con about those about that and everything. My uncle Paul went to their conventions before. Oh wow, was he and everything? Yeah, he was a huge Star Trekky. Oh wow. Matter of fact, he had all the VHS tapes recorded and stuff like that on TV and things like that. So yeah, he was a huge Star Trek buff. Dang. And everything. I'm more of the new generation where, of course, you actually have data and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm yeah, more yeah. on that. I'm more on that level compared yeah. to like the oldies and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Don't get me wrong, I like the old stuff and everything too. But I'm more on the data and stuff like that because data was my favorite character in Star Trek. Yeah. 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 I, I like all of them and and then you just have like uh, war, the Klingon, right. data, data. It depends on what how you pronounce it. I say data, but I think he said data, Mister. Yeah. No, he said Mister Data. Data. Yeah, it's data. data, not data. But I call him data. Data. Yeah. Yeah, data. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm huge. I'm a huge Star Trek fan when it comes down to the new generation and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, um, Picard. The show yeah. so that proves that even today that people still are interested in that franchise. Exactly, it's it's amazing how far they actually push the envelope with the Star Trek stuff now. Yeah, totally. because in two thousand nine we had actually had the remakes and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and now retelling of an older character, which is Picard, and having his own series, which is more interesting to me than having the movies and stuff like that, because you can do a lot more with a TV series versus a movie and stuff like that too. So I'm actually going to be checking out Picard soon. I've heard good things about it. Yeah, I just haven't had a chance yet because of other things that I wanted to actually look at. But yeah, Picard is one of those things that I'm very interested in. Yeah, and I have to mention too, because everybody else would kill me if I don't, uh, about Deep Space Nine. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting into it and, it and at first I I was like, okay, that's way over there because I'm just next gen. But I'm finishing up the Deep Space Nine series and I can kind of see the appeal of it as well. Like Benjamin Sisko, the coolest guy ever on the planet. And then you have like just this conflict of like this refugee people, like the um, whoops, it just I just forgot everything and everybody's going to kill me. But anyway, Deep Space Nine. (laughs) But, okay. So let me just say this though, too. We actually have memes and stuff like that for the Serrano stuff too. That I... And things like that too, which is actually funny now because they even have like Lego Soprano stuff that people make and memes that they make. Yeah, I'm going to have to show you some of that stuff. Some of that stuff is actually hilarious. Uh, but let's go on ahead. Uh, this is a now. This is another show. If it wasn't for the Sopranos, this show mm-hmm. would not have been around. Okay. And, and that show is Breaking Bad. Of course. Because let me just say this: it has that same type of things that like the Soprano type of TV show, but you actually have a story arc about uh, about Walter White, who's a chemist teacher in high school. And they don't have enough money to actually fund the teachers or anything like that. He is then he gets diagnosed with having cancer. Mm. So he's like, okay, I don't have any money in my fund to actually leave behind anything for my family. And then his get this, 
his wife's brother happens to be a DEA agent and everything too. So the DEA agent said, Hey, look, check out all everybody that I actually busted for crap up for crack and things like that. Next thing you know, it Walter's his wheels are spinning. You see his wheels spinning as he's sitting there and he has cancer. He's being depressed. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, you mean to tell me I can make this much money making crystal meth? Next thing you know, it, he winds up making pure crystal meth. Then he, there's, that's his story arc. He goes from a guy who doesn't have anything to leave behind on his, with his kids or anything to all of a sudden now he's in this drug world and he wants to take over this drug world. And he is no longer about leaving anything behind for his kids is now wanting about having control over everything and becoming the big drug kingpin. Yeah, I was amazed at um, how he did not get caught, but he was very close. <laughs> Trust me, watch a couple more seasons. I because you, you did? Yeah, I, I didn't he, think he got caught. No, but here's the thing. His brother-in-law, act, well, I don't want to get, well, it's spoiler territory, but there is some stuff that winds up happening to where he does get caught, but he doesn't get caught. If that makes sense because certain things that actually happens within the show itself. Yeah. But the writing is top-notch. You have a story arc with the characters and everything. You will care about Walter White. You're wondering if he's going to get caught or not. You have Jesse Pinkman and everything, too, who winds up being this comical relief at the very start of the first season, and then his transition starts coming in later on to where it's a more of a serious type of role to the point where he doesn't want to do this anymore, and Walter's just pushing him into it even further. Yeah. And everything, too. And it's just it's so, so so much good writing in this in this TV series. And not only that, but the person who plays Jessica Jones is in this TV series, though, too. I think she gets introduced oh, yeah. in... She, I think in season four, I yeah, think she gets like introduced. Girlfriend, right? Yeah, she plays Jesse's uh, girl uh, girlfriend. Yeah, and everything. But yeah, I agree with Luke. It's such a fantastic show. I mean, the writing, the originality behind it is excellent. This show is beginning from start to finish. It just doesn't slow down for Walter at all either. Mm-hmm. Because the whole entire thing is centered around Walter White. And you're wondering if he's going to get caught or not. You're wondering what's going to happen with the DEA agent, if he's going to bring him down. It's a suspenseful type of TV show. I, I really enjoy it. And then, But there's Better Call Saul, but Better Call Saul doesn't have that same flavor as, uh, mm-hmm. as Breaking Bad does. But it's still good as a prequel show, but it's just not as good. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Walter was... He outsmarted all the criminals um, with just the intelligence, like mm-hmm. just these mind games he would play and the way he would get out of situations. Um, I, I've never seen anything like that before. Just using that intelligence and as a chemist teacher and you're making meth. Like, I wonder how many chemist teachers were like, oh, okay, well, maybe I can make meth. <laughs> You know, Walter White can do it. They ain't paying me enough money. I'm not responsible for anything that Tamika says on the show. Yeah. I'm just saying. I mean, he's showing you how to make meth, like step by step. Right. So if you're a chemist teacher, you can make meth too. So uh, what else do you Why don't you change the subject? I'm just talking about meth. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so, <laughs> what do you 
uh, so we're not going by numbers or whatever, but what else do you have as far as uh, your sh another show that you have in mind? Um, I would, I'm going to do about two at once. Like I say, The Office, the American mm. version was pretty good. Um, just the way that they have the camera pan on the person. <laughs> you know, and the person has a like some snarky reaction, they just pan on them and that documentary type style feel of a TV show. I mean, I know the office was came from the original office, which is the British version, and they did everything else. But right. to me, it being part of the US version with Steve Carell and his genius and all the cast members, it was something I've never seen before. And then I guess two for me too would be Parks and Recs because that's the first show I think I've seen that talked about government work in a funny way. Like how it, it, it's the writing that's really good because usually if you're doing a, a show about government workers, how is that funny? Right? True. Parks and Recreation. Whoa, boy. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. And then, but somehow they made it work. So I I say those two shows changed comedy and just yeah. the style of the camera angles and the the docu docu what would you call it docu no Do kind of like a, right, right a documentary kind of feel to it I don't yeah, know exactly it what it's called but you know mm -hmm. yeah but yeah it definitely has that kind of documentary kind of feel to it. it has that real TV kind of vibe to it. Yeah, and then on Parks and Rex, there were two people. I think it was Donna and I forgot the Indian guy's name, but it had this thing where it's like treat yourself. And then that took off like wildfire even today. And people are like treat yourself. And then they're like, oh, my bank account. Exactly. So Parks and Rex <laughs> is the reason people are broke <laughs> now. There should be a disclaimer on there. <laughs> We're not it, it should just scroll across the screen and say, you know, check your bank account before you treat yourself. But I do agree with Brandy, though, about uh, this about Bones being a good show. I think the writing in that I'm show is good. Bones. Yeah. It, it's good. The writing in it is really good. I saw a couple of seasons of Bones and everything, a couple of episodes. The writing is really good, very relatable. It actually tackles on the forensics of the police departments and stuff like that, on how they actually um, take someone down on criminal or criminals and stuff like that. I thought it was very good, oh, especially okay. working with cold cases and stuff. I thought it was very oh, interesting. Cool. Uh, the other one I have is, uh, here's the thing. I'm not a big fan of spinoff shows. Spinoff shows are iffy with me okay. and stuff like that in certain aspects. It has to have the right kind of flavor to it, the right kind of thing for it don't get me wrong like i said i like uh better call Saul, but not as much as i did with breaking bad yeah whenever they announced cobra kai as being yeah. a tv series and i was thinking to myself whenever this got first announced like i thought the story was already told with the karate kid movies the first three karate kid movies why would they want to go on ahead and waste their time and energy into something that was 30 plus years ago and spend that much ca cash on a show that maybe nobody might want might want to watch. Yeah. And of course, this is back when YouTube Red was being popular, premium, and all that stuff. And of course, now it's on Netflix. And 
you know, it wasn't until I started watching Clyde or Life and everything, and they had the cast from Cobra Kai on there, and their passion for Cobra Kai, that that's when I started paying attention to to that. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna, I think I'm going to go on ahead, subscribe to YouTube Red for a month because the new season's about to start. So I'll binge watch the first two seasons, then cancel the account later. Yeah, as you would. Yep, and that's exactly what I did, and I've been hooked on Cobra Kai since. I love Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai is probably one of my favorite shows. That's actually a spinoff show of an older movie. Because, like I said, I'm not a fan of TV shows based on movies mm-hmm. or anything like that either, or spinoffs. To me, I'm be- I'm good with it just being like a one-off. Like for instance, they made a Taken TV show. I don't know why, but they did it. Then they also made a Shooter TV series, which is also uh, the Mark Wahlberg film Shooter. I I never understood the reason behind that. Hmm. And everything too, because I figured it was works better as a t- as a movie versus a TV show. You don't really need to have that. You can have just a one off with your movies, and that's it. Yeah. But it depends on how they do it and how they lay down that gra- that layers that they need to make a TV show work for a spinoff. But with Cobra Kai, it touches on all aspects. It has a nostalgia feel to it. It has everything you want in the Cobra Kai show. You have the original a- characters and actors from the original Karate Kid movies that actually works. And everything too, and you also feel that feud between Johnny and also Daniel as well. That's been fuming for thirty years. It's it's such a good show, to be honest with you. Yeah, I have to finish watching it, but I think you wanted to review it. Yeah, I wanted to review that sometime soon. Yeah, because I'm gonna do a revisiting of the first three. I'm gonna I'm gonna review the first season and then go into it on season two and then season three, and then. Once season four comes out, we'll go on and go from season four. Okay, just let me know. But yeah, I, I, the little bit I've seen, I think is interesting that it paints this gray area from what we knew about the Karate Kid at first. Like that the the bad guy, quote unquote, isn't really... Chris. Yeah, Chris, he, he has a story too and you get to see his side of things. So I, I think it is interesting how the there are so many gray areas about who you thought you were rooting for, and then it kind of turns you on your head, and you're like, "Oh crap! Ooh, I'm rooting for Cobra Kai now. What's wrong with me?" Exactly because yeah. it, I like how it flips the table over. For you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because it sees you see one aspect from another viewpoint, and then you see another one from the other, and then you realize. These guys are both the same in in some ways. Daniel and Johnny are both the same in certain ways. It's just the conflicts that happened during their childhood is what um, brought them to split and everything too. Especially when you look at Johnny's past life with his father and stuff like that. And my favorite line from Cobra Kai with that part was Johnny grew up in a big home. He was Mm -hmm. rich. Mm -hmm. And remember what Daniel said. He, He said this, he goes, Man, you live in this beautiful home. You live in a beautiful home and everything. He goes, yeah, but just because you live in a beautiful home does not necessarily mean that you're happy. Mm. I love that because then it shows representation of who Daniel is, who is has nothing and everything too, and how happy he is compared to Johnny, who has everything, who's miserable. Yeah. So I definitely like that aspect. Yeah. Because yeah. sure. it makes you feel for certain characters that you never thought that you could actually feel for before. It, yes, and I hate it. The same <laughs> Right. I just want to root for Daniel's son. 
But sometimes he can come off as a prick. So yeah, I'll I'll own up to that. Daniel does come off as a prick, especially with yeah. him being a, a car salesman and everything else too. I don't know what happened to him. <laughs> I don't know either. Mm-mm. But what else do you have? That's, that's what I'm wondering. Game of Thrones was good because yep. it. <laughs> Game of Thrones, boom. <laughs> Game of Thrones is excellent and I and I was shocked that it was so good because it's like a, a period piece and usually a period piece set in I don't know what time period it was set in but usually something like that where you have knights and castles and everything else you wouldn't think that that this would capture the world's attention but the writing was really good because not mm-hmm. only do you have like this period piece and you have like knights and then you have princesses and princes, but you also have dragons. Yep. And then you have zombie dragons <laughs> and you have zombie people. And then you have like superstitions and cults and all this. It's like a hodgepodge. Right? Yeah. And sex, lots of sex. <laughs> Every five minutes is sex. And then that's what got people too. And then you have memes. And once you have meme on a show, once a show has a meme, that's when I think it's successful. Like it becomes it, a pop culture. Right. Yeah, it becomes it a made, pop culture. Yeah, it made it. Yeah. So yeah, I suggest everybody watch Game of Thrones. But and I actually have that on my list sometimes too. Sometimes it's like, okay, I want you to put your clothes on. Like sometimes you get sick of the sex. You're like, okay, that's enough sex right now. Can you just stop sleeping? And then you got like, like incest, and then you're like, oh. But then it, I think it's good too because not incest, but sorry, um, <laughs> the show. I think the show is good because uh, you have all these clans, right? And everybody wants to belong to something. And then you have people identifying like, oh, I'm part of House Stark or I'm part of like the Targaryens. And, you know, even today you have people doing that, you know. So I think that's pretty good, too. It has a tribal feel to it. What are you talking about? (laughs) You should put that on all the time I met. (laughs) You have to spend five minutes. (laughs) But, uh, uh, here's the thing, though. I I have the to book, admit the books too. Yeah, let's yeah. let's go with the books for a minute. I want okay. I want you to go on ahead, go off the off no, the books for a minute. I didn't finish the books, so no, you okay, can't, you can't do that with me. Okay, okay, not a problem. But here's the thing: I like the fact that they actually base something off the books, and then they try doing their original thing. Yes, it made them fall flat on their faces and everything, but at the same time, you know it. It just didn't work at the very end of it when you don't have nothing else to go on. Oh, the book. Either. No, I'm talking about like the show itself. Atlanta. Don't get me wrong. The show in the first couple of seasons is great. Mm-hmm. Once you get down to the, the final seasons and stuff, they're not as good as the other parts of the writing and stuff like that because they don't have any original stuff to go off of because J.J., uh, well, the, the writer has not even come up with any new material. Yeah. He's still writing the book. Yeah, he got, that's my other theory. He got so into like, oh, I'm getting money now. I don't have to write. Like when Arthur is poor, then they write more because their creativity come out. And my theory is the more these people get money, the lazier they get. Mm 
<laughs> but yeah, well, Brandy I was going to tell you the last episode of Game of Thrones, like the series finale was like, eh, you know, right. Wasn't that great. But still, I can still recommend watching it, checking yeah, it out for yourself, yeah. though, because, do. you know, the first time I watched it, it got too convoluted for me because they're going into different houses that each mm. character represents each house. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I need to actually fully on pay attention to this. Yeah. So I went on ahead, bought the Blu-ray of the first season whenever at when the second season started. And that's when I really started paying attention to Game of Thrones. Yeah. In the because sense. right. And the sex. Can't can't leave out the sex. No. Especially the car Yeah. Especially Jason Momoa's sex. You and stuff like that. That's some good so, shit. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, a lot. <laughs> but yeah, that was actually, to be honest with you, the opening of Game of Thrones was really good. It starts off oh, like yeah, a hard kind of theme, yeah, uh, because it goes into the White Walkers, which is actually mm -hmm. part of the zombies and everything, like you mentioned. Oh, it starts off like a horror film because oh. you don't expect it. You you see the gate opening, you see it's like winter at this big old huge ice wall and everything. It's just shot fantastic. It actually feels like a theatrical movie, which is also another thing too, like the yeah. Soprano stuff. Yeah. Like I mentioned, you don't actually get stuff like that from ABC networks or anything like that. Uh -huh. So I thought it was really good. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, Brandy says, I thought How I Met Your Mother was a really good comedy that left you wanting more. I haven't really got a chance to check. I that. I, I've heard, I know I've people that love it. it, and I know it's a it's like a phenomenon in itself. But I think that's for people that know about it, right? And I never got a chance to watch it. I know people love the show. It's just yeah. not one of those shows that I checked out personally. But hey, if you guys love it, you know I'm glad that you guys are that you love uh, love that show. Another thing I want to mention is Dexter. Oh yeah, also broke every rule in the book when it came down to TV shows. Because mm -hmm. normally what happens is you root for the good guy. Yeah. Don't, I'm not saying the Sopranos was not rooting. For, you're rooting for bad guys and the Sopranos and also two in Breaking Bad. But you're rooting for a serial killer. And you're wondering if the serial killer is going to wind up getting caught. You're, and he also works for Forensics on Miami Metro and stuff like that too. And you're wondering if Dexter's going to get caught. Yeah, you're wondering what's the outcome for Dexter. That's what keeps you engaged into the show, is the getting caught aspect of it, and this is what glues you in and makes you more enticing into wanting to check this show out. Which is something that I really loved about the, the originality behind it. Yes, it's based off of a book and everything too, and I read the first book, which is based off of the first season, which is basically page for page of what the first season's about. Mm -hmm. So. But yeah, I definitely love Dexter. Dexter is one of my favorite shows. I'm ready for the Dexter revival series coming on. I can't wait to see it. I, it just got weird to me when he started incorporating like religion, and then he went somewhere south, and I was like, okay. <laughs> well, well, the most tense yeah. part to me was when John Lithow was yeah. the serial killer, and he went face to face with him. And it was yeah. like two serial killers in the same room. That was so intense. I was like, oh my God, it's two serial killers in the same room. And they know each other, the serial killers. It was just so awesome to me. It was great. That was a that was a great time of great writing for that show, yeah, to be cool. honest with you. Cool. The John Lipkow character is yeah. just fantastic, uh, which is actually the Trinity killer. Oh. And 
you know, and that was just something that blew my mind because get this during Thanksgiving, Dexter's not even thinking about Thanksgiving at all. Mm. He's thinking about taking down John Lepgow's character the whole yeah. entire time. Yeah. And he's, you can definitely tell he's not into Thanksgiving. You can definitely mm-hmm. tell he's edgy. He doesn't, uh, and everything else. And then his wife's also wondering where he has to go. And he goes, no, I just got to go. I got to take care of something. I'm working a big case. When all everybody in the forensics department is right there with him and the detective is right there celebrating Thanksgiving. And it's like this urge inside of him that he has to go ahead and take down this other um, this other serial killer, which I thought that was really good because you're wondering what's gonna what's the outcome with that. Yeah, and I can assume that is is tense for him. Right. He, he's a serial killer himself, but he's he's also a family man. Right. So it's so many layers, right? And it, right. Uh, he has to compartmentalize. That's what you see in the show. He compartmentalizes a lot of things. Like he got work, and then he has to kill people, and then he has to get the serial killer, and then he has his wife bitching at him, and then he has his kids, <laughs> and there's taxes and bills, and he has to compartmentalize everything. I assume he just when he killing people, he just taking it out on them. <laughs> but but yeah, he does a lot of good research when it comes down to taking down someone and things like that too. He doesn't. He doesn't like sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just so excited about this show. He's so smart. Like, because he knows, oh, I kill you this way. Oh, wait, let me wipe down the area, you know, because I'm, you know. And then he gets to the scene. He's like, what happened to this person? No prince. Oh, dear. You know, (laughs) it was you. You did it. And then also, yeah, he's investigating his own crime scene, which is even funnier, to be honest with you. And then he even uh, eliminates um, certain evidence so that way the criminal will walk out free so that way he can murder them. Oh, yeah. So it's so good. It's so true. Uh, But yeah, Brandy said too, Dexter got weird for her too. The ending was definitely disappointing. I have to agree with that on both aspects, but hopefully the Dexter revival stuff will actually be good. Okay. Oh. But anyways, tell me tell me more of uh well, yeah, t- I would say Walking Dead for me is good because you have well first it was based in my hometown. So it was based in Atlanta. Uh or it started out in Atlanta. Um, but then you also have like just these this guy, this sheriff. And he's just waking up and he's just realizing, oh, man, everybody's gone. What's going on? And it's like the whole city is just played with just zombies. And then you find out it's a virus going on at the end. Spoiler alert. But I thought that Walking Dead was a really good show. It's like so it's so good. I mean, I just never would have thought that. It would engage people for so long. Just a show about zombies. And all these people are doing is running from zombies and killing them. <laughs> but I think what captures people is just the the human aspect of like people just uh, relating to one another. You know, and then it's like the 
the worst enemy in this move in this series are humans themselves. So it's like you have your clan or the people you're with, and you're trying to survive the zombie apocalypse. But also, you have to watch your back from people because all the rules and everything in society is thrown out. So you get to see the carnage nature of human beings. And I thought that was an interesting study of the show as well. Like the worst enemy is the human who has like no nothing holding them back. No cops are gonna get them. So they can murder you and take your food and be at the top of the food chain. So it, it was really good. It just got so weird and kind of redundant after a while. And I dropped off on like season five or six. But up until that, it was really good. Yeah, I definitely have to agree. The Walking Dead is definitely was a good show back then compared yeah. to now. Because oh, now we're dealing with an origin of uh, what's his name? That uh, I can't think of his name now. Jeffrey Dean Morgan's character. Oh, but yeah, now they're diving into Nagan. his character. Yeah, Negan. Negan. Yeah, now they're dealing with his background story. I'm like, why are you giving us that backstory when you could have actually done that later on in the very first when he was first introduced? Yeah, that's strange. Yeah. So they're doing a lot of lopsided stuff whenever it comes down to the writing and the creative stuff and things like that. But as far as the first couple of seasons and everything, I definitely love The Walking Dead. But <laughs> now it's, but now it just seems like there's no character arcs anymore. It's very yeah. repetitive. Yeah. There's nothing there. There's no meat on the bone anymore for me mm-hmm. to chew on to say, hey, I want to see more. Give me more Walking Dead. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, you saw them take down some zombies. You get to see the same characters. Whoopie do I go about my life? But that's about it. But well, um, the people you care about are basically gone, right? Well, all except Daryl and Carol. Yeah, that takes you out of the show as well because you're like, mm, okay, well, the main person I want is dead. So what's the point of me watching this show again? Exactly. Well, so it was off the air anyway. When is this final season? I don't know. I don't know when they're going to go ahead and get rid of it. To be, I mean, when they're going to get off the air, to be honest with you. But with that being said, guys, that's going to be it for the show tonight and everything. Is there anything else, anything, anything else that you want to mention or anything like that as for uh, the shows and stuff like that? Um, I will mention Hell's Kitchen right quick. Okay. Because Gordon Ramsay is awesome. Um, Hell's Kitchen is great. Um, is you've never seen a, a reality TV show with chefs, and you have this British guy coming in, cussing you out, and telling you that you're a donkey sandwich, and then you got all this other stuff going on. You like, can he say that to people? Like, I, I, I don't know. It's just Gordon Ramsay makes that show for me. Definitely, he definitely does. All right, guys. So get this. We're going to try and do this again because there's a couple of things on my list that I want to get some more stuff I want to get over to. As far as the Simpsons go, Brandy, uh, here's the thing. I've never been a huge Simpsons fan or anything like that. I'd never really cared for the Simpsons uh, stuff. That's just me. That's just me and my humor and stuff like that. It's just never landed with me as like I want to. What about you? Yeah, I grew up with The Simpsons, and it was really good. I think when I became an adult, I fell off from it, and then mm-hmm. I forgot it was on, and I'm like, this show's still on? 
But I know that The Simpsons caused controversy with a lot of conservative groups because they blame Bart Simpson for the decline of um, the youth because of the way he was acting and right. people saying, you know, eat my shorts, man. And then they're like, oh, he's he's destroying our youth. Like so, then Beavis and Butthead came around. <laughs> yeah, Bart Simpson like changed the youth culture. So, and then he caused controversy. So I think that that's an honorable mention of yep. the show. Definitely. But it's still on, and I'm so surprised. That's all I have to say. <laughs> all right. So with that being said, guys, uh, go on ahead, like, and subscribe to the channel. Also, too, give us a thumbs up. Like I said, like and subscribe. Also, too, if you guys want to get an audio-only podcast of the show, how do you do that? You get that wherever you guys get your podcast from. Another thing, too, is... If you want to go ahead and donate to the page, how do you do that? You just go to www.gofundme.com forward slash movie lovers podcast. Go on ahead, head over to movie lovers, TV lovers tonight on Facebook as well. Follow us over there. Follow us underneath the same name on Instagram as well as on Pinterest. And then also to go to www.moviloversunite.com for all your entertainment needs at once. Another thing too, guys, is we also have a bonfire. No, we don't actually literally have a bonfire, but we do oh, have, <laughs> we do have a campaign going on, on bonfire. And I'm going to be posting the link shortly to where you guys can get some merch from us. So if you want to go ahead and support us, go ahead. The link is going to be below where you guys can actually get some merch. Uh, so uh, we actually have it up for 17 days or four, 15 days, I think. But I think day 14. So go ahead and get you guys some merch before the campaign actually runs out. Another thing, too, is if you guys want to follow me on Twitter, go to Movie Loves Unit at, uh, well, just follow me at Movie Loves Unit on Twitter. And then... Of course, go on ahead, email me at movielovesunite at gmail.com. If you're a sponsor or if you want to go on ahead and just talk to me and want to be a guest, go on ahead and do that as well. Email me over there. And then another thing, too, is go on ahead and follow me on Stereo as well. We do some shows on Stereo. Go on ahead, follow me there at Movie Loves Unit over there. And, of course, you guys can go on ahead, follow me on Schmoes of the North over there. We do a show every Saturday uh, called Mount Schmodown, and I do it with Ben Rayner and about and uh ryan Payne, we just talk about old schmodown c- competitors that have come and went and what if scenarios around the schmodown community so go ahead give them a like and a subscribe over there and of course you can check us out at three o'clock central time four o'clock eastern on saturdays and that's gonna be it for the show guys i can't wait to do this again thank you again tamika for coming on the yeah, show and always until next time guys go on ahead hit that like smash that like button smash that share button and bye-bye Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. This is your host, as always, from Movie Lovers Unite, John DiGorio, and I just want to sit, talk about something real quick, and that is Audible. What is Audible? I'm so glad that you guys asked. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audio books, ranging from bestsellers like Anne Rice, Stephen King, the list just goes on. Their whole entire catalog, when it comes down to audio books, is just fantastic. If you're on on the road and everything and you want an audio book and you want to download it fast, go ahead, go to Audible. You're not going to regret it. They actually have a trial right now that you guys can actually jump on. You can actually go on ahead, go to the link, and it'll bring you up to that trial. And a matter of fact, every month, members actually get one credit to pick any title plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection and access to Daily News Digest from the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post, as well as guided meditation programs. Another thing too, guys, that's not all they have. They also have 
They also have finish. If you actually want to go ahead and do some things to actually better yourself for 2021, they have stuff for that too, like finishing more books or becoming a better parent, leader, or a person. How to books, which is something that everybody seems to grab onto a lot lately and everything else. So if you guys are actually looking for something to maybe better yourself for 2021, go on ahead, check out those books as well. They have a big catalog. You guys won't regret it. Go ahead, click on the link below in the description notes. Go on ahead. You guys won't regret it. Sign up for that trial period. And always, until next time, stay safe, guys, and enjoy the show. And God bless. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.